Alrighty. Here we are. Welcome. Draft night reactions. Ooh, let's go. <laughs> Here we are, everyone. So we've just obviously finished the draft probably, what, about, I don't know, 45, 50 minutes ago now. And me and Mitch thought we'd get on and do a bit of a pod, a quick reaction pod for your um, for your pleasure. When I say quick, it's probably gonna actually going to go for a while. We've got a few separate sections when you go through. The waivers are about to process in four minutes, so we'll get to that as well. Um, but we'll give you a bit of content. So first of all, Mitch, how do you feel about your draft? I am feeling very good, Callum. How are you feeling? I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling, you know, it's a bit of an interesting one. Like, I look at my team, and I look at every pick and where I got the player. If you had told me that before the draft, I'd feel pretty good. But then I look at my team on paper, and I'm a bit like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's all right. So I'm a bit confused right now, but overall feeling pretty good. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think it's hard for um, for, you, for everyone once you've come out of a draft to feel amazing about it. And I think, and this is going to sound like a bit of a humble brag, but I think I'm just used to seeing amazing teams on my team. Um, <laughs> and what I mean by that is I obviously traded AD last year for a heap of really, really good players. So I had a pretty stacked team. And then the year before, I had a really good draft. I think I got Chris Paul in the fourth round, Jason Tatum in like the fifth. So a little bit different this year, but hopefully my team can uh, be okay again. Legit. All right, so what we're going to do, uh, we're going to borrow the first segment from one me and Lek Dog did a couple of years ago, where we're going to go through every pick of the first two rounds, um, so up to pick 60. Um, so we'll start off with, actually, we'll start off with a round three pick. The only person who didn't take in three keepers, it was Brad, who picked Chris Paul um, into one of his keeper slots. So Mitch, how do you feel about that pick? I know he's a guy you owned last year, CP3. Um, wait, did you just hear that? Um, I heard a little bit in the background. Uh, yeah, I don't know if the soundbite's really working. But anyway, um, yeah, to be honest, I was very tempted to keep Chris Paul. Um, his assists were super nice. I guess that at the end of the day, it just came down to picking a younger guy over a, an older guy. Um, but I think Brad would be pretty happy with him there. Yeah, look, I agree. And before I say why I agree, I'll just you know give you a shout out to Mitch's soundbite bar. Uh, he's got a lot of uh, little little soundbites. We're going to try and play after each player's name. Um, but we're working through things, so if it doesn't come out perfectly, you know, stay with us, and we'll hopefully improve it in in future weeks or podcasts or whatnot. I've had a few drinks, so if I slur my words a little bit as well, I apologize. But yeah, look, I agree with everything you said. I think that Chris Paul is a very solid pick there. You know, you put him with Dame Lillard. Elite guards are pretty hard to find and, you know, it makes a lot of sense there for for Brad along with, you know, Lillard and Paul George. Nice start to the draft. Definitely. All right. Then at pick 37, we have uh, Jack Burnett going with – oh, sorry. Did I did you play something? <laughs> no, it was just loading really slow. I don't think we'll worry about the sound bites after each pick, but I'll, like, I'll occasionally just throw one in. Sounds good. But he picked uh, Clint Capella at pick 37. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, this is a very on brand for Jack. Um, yeah, I mean, coming off the Achilles, he's, what has he had an Achilles issue the past mm. year and hasn't had much. I think he played a couple of minutes the other day. Um, I don't know, I'd be a bit concerned about that. But yeah, Capella's an, like a solid pick. Yeah, I think once Jack decided to trade for Gobert, it was pretty much a, a shoo-in he was going to do something like this with Capella. I thought he'd actually just straight up keep Capella instead of Westbrook, but obviously got him... And Westbrook, um, yeah. But as, yeah, as you said, it's a bit of a bit of a tricky one because Capella, obviously an absolute beast last year, what led the league in rebounding and averaged two blocks a game. But 
had that, hadn't done much all off season with that Achilles, but then finally played a game the other day and had like ten points and ten boards in twelve minutes. So yeah, hopefully he's okay for Jack, but probably a little bit early for me. Um, just just considering though that uh, I guess that that injury concern, but you know the for Jack's team, yeah. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, next we have Steve with Julius Randall. Um, I think Steve was, Steve was, what did he say? He's expecting Brad to take Jalen Brown. Is that Wait. I think the other way around, I think he expected Brad to take Julius and then he was going to take oh, Jalen yep, Brown yep, as yep. his backup. With that first pick, yep. Um, obviously, Steve got his guy here. Um, I would be concerned about Randall. For me, I wouldn't have taken him that early, but um, I think he suits Steve's build. Um, obviously, I, there's a little bit of concern that his usage might not be as high this year because they've, they've um, added Fournier and who's your other point guard? Kemba. Kemba, yeah. What are your thoughts, Cal? Look, I can't fold it too much because, honestly, he was the number one player on my board um, just from the point of view that I was probably going to always punt or go in and look at punting field goal percentage. You know, obviously he doesn't shoot that good a field goal percentage as a big, like I think it's like 46% Randall shot last year. But, you know, with his, he's going to give you 20 and 10 every night. He gave like six assists last year. Maybe it goes down a little bit, but still from your power forward position, he's giving you five assists. That's pretty nice. Nice three throw yeah, percentage for a big guy. Um, and three, so I can't fault it too much. Um, and yeah, it makes a bit of sense on, on, Stu, on, on Steve's team. Um but yeah, look, I can see why some people might think it's a little bit higher. Randall's only have, ever had one top 100 season, but I think it makes a bit of sense here. Yep, for sure. Next up, we have you taking Chris Middleton. Um, I think I remarked in the draft, it's a bit of a boring <laughs> pick. Um, I mean, Middleton's just a very solid player. Um, and yeah, not much else more to say from me. I think the exact uh, words were, Kel woke up and chose boring. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which is a fair enough comment. You know, Middleton is not a flashy guy. I guess for me, my kind of my approach is usually I don't think you can win your draft in the first few rounds, but I certainly think you can lose it. So I tend to probably take a few more swings a bit later. Um, and for me, I looked at who was going to be on the board. Um, I looked at Middleton in terms of being a guy who's just going to build on the strengths I already had with the, you know the points, couple threes a game, assists from that forward position, really really elite three three throw percentage. Um, like you said, it's a little bit boring, not a heap of upside, but what we kind of see a lot when it comes down to the business end of the season is, you know, a bit of a war of attrition in terms of guys who miss a lot of games and, you know, Middleton, he's, he's someone you don't really have to worry about too much and I've probably cursed him for this season now and jinxed him majorly, but <laughs> hopefully he's someone I don't have to worry about in terms of missing games come playoff time. So, no doubt. yeah, boring pick, but, you know, I'm happy with it. For sure. Uh, next we have Leg Dog taking Drew. Take it yeah. away, Cal. Yeah, look, look, it's a pretty solid pick, I think, for Leck Dog. You know, Drew's steals are obviously really nice. Assists are nice. And, you know, he went in keeping OG. And I think Drew um, pairs pretty nicely with him. Maybe a little bit early for my liking, just because of some of the past injuries Drew's, ha- Drew's had. And he's coming off a pretty big pretty big year of basketball with, you know, the Bucks making the finals and playing in the Olympics. But, you know, if he stays healthy, he's certainly, certainly a solid pick there. Legit. That was legit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I suppose the next pick, oh, I haven't said anything on Drew. Drew, very solid. Um, yeah, can't really fault him, I don't think, there. All right. Before we get to the um, 
the next pick, which was a bit of a surprise, the waivers have just processed. So oh, shit. Let's have a bit of a look. Did you put any acquisitions in? I did put a couple. I got my, my first and my third preference. So, Oh, shit. Like Doug Puppy's $4 on Jamal Murray. Okay. Sheesh. Okay, then. Could just take him with your last pick, like Dog. But anyway. <laughs> Damn, uh, I see you go. $1 on Patty Mills trying to get those games up against me, you dog. I am. And Grayson Allen first game. Did the sneaky Porzingis onto the IR, even though he's not, not injured. Um, oh, Steve has dropped that young. Interesting. That's an interesting drop. Um Mm-hmm. Bruce Brown, yeah, okay. Black Dog also picked up uh, TJ Warren, filling up the IR. He certainly is, isn't he? Um, yeah, TJ Warren's a guy I kind of looked at with my last pick when I when I took Wiseman. I was kind of tossing up between. Yeah, you can only really have room for one of those guys, I think. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I went with Wiseman, but certainly can't complain about TJ getting picked up. Yeah, not as much... Um, not as much activity as I thought they'd be, to be honest. Which um, got THJ two dollars, very nice. Yeah, I thought about I thought about drafting him. Only problem is he only has two games in the first week, so yeah, you know some of us are playing the long games and not too yeah, worried about true, rivalry. I mean, I did take Jordan Clarkson, who only has two games as well, um, <laughs> with a little bit earlier picks, so can't complain too much. But yeah, look, a bit of activity on the waivers, but not a heap. Yeah. All right, should we get back to this next pick, which? Let's do it. I think we've both got a few strong feelings on. Do you want to take us away on pick 41, Evan Mobley to uh, Dan Brown? Yeah. Really, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, I just took the... a swig of beer and I almost spat all over my laptop. <laughs> Thanks for that. This was the first fun pick of the draft. And yeah, wow. Um, it's just interesting because I think I can get where Dan's coming from. He's looking for a a third keeper to go with Luca and Ingram. I think he's thinking maybe long-term or just someone to pair with Luca. Um, but like at the same time, Luca's already, you know, top five guy. You just sort of need to be capitalizing on that. I think, um, I mean, I do like Mobley as a prospect, but for this year, I don't know. It's a bit tricky. What do you think, Cal? Yeah, look, Mobley long-term, I really like. Um, coming into this draft, I thought, you know, I was looking through my picks, my list of picks and where I consider some guys. And I had Mobley, I'd consider him at pick 77. So I was obviously a bit higher was, than that. Yeah, I was in the same range, yeah. I would have yeah. taken that spot. I think a lot of people probably would have Yeah, and I guess like, it's just the thing with this is, which doesn't make sense to me, is Dan said he's trying to get like long-term beasts. Like he just missed the playoffs last year. He's already got Luca. He's already got Aiton, who are both super young. He's got Brandon Ingram. Like, why, if you're just going to draft all these young guys, and why are you keeping Brandon Ingram? Um, and the thing is, with 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 Dan, like, Cade Cunningham, he took him at 63, who I think is a better pick than Mobley. Like, I would have been happy if he took Cade Cunningham there. I wouldn't have had a had a problem with it in the world. So, if he had just done that, and then you know, drafted normally without going with all these crazy like upside guys later on in the draft, like, I mm. thought we'd have a pretty good team. So, I don't know. Bit confused. Yeah, he seemed to have uh, t- adopted Steve's thing of just taking a couple swings at um, the top picks and see how that's it, which obviously went out for Steve getting Lamello. Mm. But yeah. Yeah, a bit strange. Um, but anyway, moving on. After that, we had Jalen Brown go at the next pick to uh, Brad. What do you think about that one? Yeah, pretty solid. Um, obviously, currently has COVID, I think. Is that right? Um, disrupted preseason, but I think he'll be right to go. 
Yeah, look, I think... Yeah, look, when with like pick 39 where I was at, Jalen came into my my thoughts a little bit um, around that pick. Even when I had 41 as well, obviously traded up to 39. But when I was there, Jalen Brown was certainly someone on my radar. So can't complain. And, you know, look, at this stage of the draft, you know, Brad's got, you know, Chris Paul and Damian Lillard and now, you know, Paul George and Jalen Brown and his wings. So makes a lot of sense, that pick. For sure. So the next pick, which I think ends up being pick number 43, Dejounte Murray to Hash Browns. We'll, we'll, we'll do we'll do two picks in a row here. But Dejounte Murray and Anthony Edwards, goose, goose, two picks, two picks in a row to Lockie. Um, what do you think about those two young guys? Um, I like the goose pick a lot. Um, I think he projects well long term. Um, and Dejounte, has a lot of upside this year as well. Um, yeah, look, I can't fault. I've, I probably he probably could have gone one. Like there's other players around at this stage where he could he could have maybe gone Edwards and then like a win now ish guy. I don't know. Not mm. bad though. Can't fault him. What do you think? Yeah, pretty much along the same lines. You know, I think Edwards is really solid there. Um, I think Dejounte. It's a real bet on I guess the Spurs without DeRozan. You know, having like one of you know Dejounte, Derek White, someone like that step up and have a way more usage. And mm. you know, Dejounte is like assists and rebounds and steals for a point guard are really nice. And I think I saw he hit three threes today, which is a bit out of character for him. So, look, it's a a bit of a swing. I don't mind it. Probably a little bit early for me, that one. But, yeah, look, Anthony Edwards, the way he came on at the end of last season, you know, I think that's a really solid pick there for Lockie. Yeah, for sure. Next one. So, we talked about uh, Evan Mobley being a little bit of a reach. And I think this next pick, which falls at... Uh, 45, Draymond Green to Jesse Heiss. A little bit of a reach for me as well. What do you reckon? Um, yeah, I, I was a bit uh, taken aback by that pick. Uh, I do like Draymond, but I think taking him at this spot, um, I, I don't think it gives you a lot of value there. If you had got him like a round later, around one or two later, um, I would have liked it. But yeah, I, like I think Draymond... Look, the Warriors are going to want to try and go hard at it this year with Clay back. Um, they're obviously in the window. I do like Draymond, um, but yeah, he as a guy that he that he scores like he's going to be averaging like maybe he'd be lucky to get ten points a game. I think. I think he averaged um, eight last year, so I think ten yeah. is definitely not within reach. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. A bit early for me, I think. Yeah, look, Draymond, look, I can see what Jesse's trying to do because as you see the rest of his draft play out, he really kind of punted all the big man stats and went with a lot of guard stats. So, you know, to get a power mm. forward with like Draymond steals and assists and that makes a lot of sense. So I can see why I reached up a bit to do him, to do it. But like you said, the value, like I picked Draymond at 55 last year and I don't think Draymond's going to be better than he was last year, if that makes sense. So mm. for I me... I think he had, a, he had a couple of months where he was just like... Fucking terrible, but I think when he came on, he was like top twenty, and he and overall he still finished top fifty, I think, on the season, something like that. Yeah, something like that. He he had a couple. I think Josh Lloyd said he was like top twenty over the last like two months or something. But during those times, he was putting up like insane numbers, and the the Warriors are really trying to just get into that that eighth eighth position to you know avoid or get a home game in the playoff game. So. Look, I don't know, it's hard because he's someone who, who is really, really good for times and then at other times you're like, why the fuck do I own this cunt? Like, why did I pick him where I yeah. did? Like, I picked him ahead of Sabonis and Jalen Brown last year. And like I, like you said, he last two months he was great, but rest of the season I was just like, fuck this guy. Like, 
you know, five because he'll get texts as well. He'll go out after like eight minutes some games. He'll get a t- two texts and get thrown out. So I understand what Jesse's trying to do, but a little bit high for me here. Yeah, agreed. All right, and next we had a bit of a a bit of a darling of the preseason. Uh, someone who's always been a bit of a fantasy fetish for a lot of people. Um, Lonzo Ball getting picked by Stewart, pick forty six. Thoughts on that? <laughs> um, I look. I was going to take Lonzo um, at pick forty nine, so um, I was a little bit sad not to get him. Um, just think locking up those assists early and steals is just a nice uh, play by Stu. Um, and, yeah, I think his shooting's really come on, even though uh, Dan doesn't believe he's a point guard. Um, still gives you nice out-of-position assists then, I guess. Yeah, look for, uh, look for me. I'm going to zag a little bit. I think he's a little bit high for Lonzo here. 46, like. Yeah, for sure. Look at some of the guys who came after him a little bit. For me, you know, for guys on a new team, you know, you're going to have the ball in other guys' hands a lot. You know, Lonzo steals, his threes are really nice. But once a game for Stu, like, you know, once Zion comes back, KD, super high field goal percentage, Lonzo's chucking it up. Like, does it make that much sense? Along with, like, Van Vliet on that team? I don't know. But, look, I think, you know, it's okay. I'm not the biggest fan of it. But I know, like, probably half a league sinking, great pick, half a league sinking a little bit too high. You know, we'll see what happens. Mm. Yep, for sure. Now, the next one I think we can both agree was probably... A round or two too high. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon to Toby. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I was surprised Toby took Brogdon here. Um, I think it's probably a case of bringing the the Premiership squad back. Um, I think uh, Brogdon's durability issues um, interrupted preseason, and I think. Also, there's there was just like more value picks at this spot. Like I took Jaron Jackson Jr. pick later. Mm-hmm. Um, Tobias Harris was on the board. Nurk, Christian Wood, Pazingas, mm-hmm. Lowry, John Collins. Like there's just guys I would have taken ahead of him. Um, but then in saying that, he he probably would have only gone like an extra round or something. So yeah, what do you think, Cal? Yeah, look, it's a difficult one because I can understand Brogdon. He's a bit like Middleton. He's a boring pick, but when he plays, he puts up really nice. Nice numbers, but the thing is, unlike Middleton, his injury history is like I think of if anyone listens to the Ryan Rosillo podcast, he's mentioned this so many times. The two worst medicals he's like heard NBA GMs say when people came out into the draft were Brogdon and Michael Porter Jr. Sorry to rain on your parade a little bit there, Um, (laughs) but like Porter Jr. has actually been okay since he's come into league, hasn't been too injured, but Brogdon's been in and out of the lineup so much. so, look, for me, it's a solid guy, but at this point in the draft, with some of the guys who came afterwards and those injury concerns of Brogdon, yeah, definitely too high for me, especially when, like you said, you know, you've got Nurk pairing with Valentunas, who was like two picks later, and then, sorry, not Nurk, um, Vooch, pairing with Valentunas, and look at those rebounds. Look at that, you know, pretty good free throw percentage for big guys. You know, Brogdon here doesn't make a lot of sense to me for Toby. Mm. Yep, agree. And then next is you, Jaron Jackson Jr. Pick forty-eight. After we just spoke about Lonzo being a bit of a darling of the preseason, Jaron Jackson Jr. is probably in that. Ooh, what's his what's his soundbite? So that was just an MVP chant breaking out. <laughs> Interesting. Do you want to give your thoughts on this one? Yep. Um, Triple J was uh, probably one of my targets here. I feel like obviously he does have some durability issues, but I feel like that's. Um, 
people a bit lower on him because of that, and I was happy to get. I, I think honestly, for me, it's a bit of a value pick. I think he'd be a keeper. Like if he if he plays up to his expectations this year, um, I think he'd definitely be a keeper. Um, so yeah, I was happy to get him here, get his blocks on the board because I don't think he had any shot blockers at this stage. And yeah, take yeah. it away, Kel. Absolutely. Like I think. Um... You know, when I was at 53, I was like, if I take Middleton early, I have to get a big guy at 53. And I was hoping, I was like, I wanted either one of, you know, Draymond Green, uh, Val, Nurkic, Chris Stapps, or Jaron Jackson, the kind of five guys I noted down in my pre-draft notes. So, you know, around that range, can't fault it at all. And, you know, a bit like Porzingis where I took him, you know, Jaron Jackson, he could easily be like top 25 player. So I think it's a pretty good gamble. And, you know, look, the guy was he was he injury prone in college because I don't remember him being like any issues like that coming in. And you've got to think, you know, it's his fourth year now. He's had injury issues the first three. He's he's got to be due for like some luck in that respect. So I think yeah, it's a no, pretty yeah. solid pick here. Yeah, and I think um, he was obviously on a bit of what do you call it in his first year or two when Memphis were not that great. Um, that was definitely like babying him a little bit. I'm sure he could have played a few more games mm. outside of his um, knee injury last year. But yeah, happy with that pick. I also think with him as well, you know, Stephen Adams is probably going to start at centre for them. But who's the backup centre? Is it Xavier Tillman? You're not going to give like even minutes to him. It's going to be it's going to be probably Jaron Jackson playing both the power forward and the and the centre position for them. I think a lot this. I year. think that um, yeah, I think also Triple J probably ends up closing for them as well. Makes a lot of sense. Five to ten minutes at centre a night. Yeah, especially when like you know a lot of teams close with a bit smaller lineups these days, it makes a lot of sense. Mm. All right, so we're moving into round five now, and pick forty nine, which I just realised I, I bagged Toby for not taking Valentunas at pick forty seven. Then you're going to pick forty nine anyway, so I'll, <laughs> I'll walk my comments back a little bit, Toby. Still don't think you should have. <laughs> What's that say? What's your profanity? <laughs> <laughs> I'll walk. All right, look, on the pod, Toby, apologies about the Val comment. Still think you took Brogdon too high. But um, <laughs> Valentine's at 49, as solid as you can get. I, I don't have any anything else to add to that. I think it's... <laughs> I actually, like, the, the sound bar, like, it's, it's pretty quiet in my headphones. All I hear is like... Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah so, sorry, people at home, it's probably the same, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, nothing else to add. At least Val... I'm having fun. <laughs> Sorry, I said at least I'm having fun with it. That's true. We're all having fun. That's the point of the league. A few fun picks, but um, yeah, nothing else to add. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I really like Val. Um, uh, obviously, I had him last year up until I traded him to you. Um, just very solid. I have no concerns about him at um, Pelicans, especially with Zion out. Um, he's just very solid. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And then moving on, we're, we're back to you again. So, you know, you and Toby switched picks here, I remember, for the trade. But yeah. pick 50, Tobias Harris, pretty good value there, I think. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't expecting him. Um, I had him pretty high up uh, just because his efficiency is so good. Um, it was nice to get a sixer for once. I don't think I've owned mm-hmm. a 76er on my roster for the longest time. Um, yeah, it's happy. I was I did ideally wanted a guard here, but... Uh, I think there was just too much value with that pick, so I just grabbed him. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, sometimes we get a bit over, you know, we, we we stress a little bit about, you know, finishing our teams at the draft. You know, this is, oh, this is my team. I've got to get a guard. I've got to get a big man. But, you know, 
you can trade people throughout the year. You know, often yeah, it comes down true. just get the value, and later on you can move people. And even though there's not that many trades, maybe early. You know, once we've seen, as we've seen it, like the, the trade deadline nights, teams can change completely in like a matter mm. of hours. You know, so. <laughs> Um, yeah, totally grabbed the value there. If Toby was there at 53, I would have had a hard time passing on him as well. So definitely can't complain with that one. Next one, one of my more one of my favorite picks actually around this range was Yusuf Nurkic to Stew. I know you've had Nurkic in the past. You high on this pick or what do you think? Yeah, I'm, uh, I think that he could have fallen a little bit. Like Stew probably, I don't know, not sure when Stew's next pick is. Pick was, actually, I don't think he has a pick next round at all, so he kind of had to take him here. But I think that um, I'm, I'm pretty high on Nurk. Um, he had an interrupted preseason last year. He was back in the homeland, Bosnia or whatever, visiting his mum. I think he had COVID or something. So he came back into um, training camp out of shape, and he never really got running last year. Um, but I think at the back end of last year, he started to put together some pretty good numbers, actually. Um, I really like this pick, and I think he'll be good um, under Chauncey Billups as well. Yeah, look, Nurkic, if he puts it all together, he's a guy who can score. He'll give you 10-plus rebounds. Both, you know, He's probably going to average three, I guess, around that blocks and steals combined. You know, He's probably going to average at least one-plus in each of them and like three or four assists from the... From the um, yeah, he's got good dimes for a big guy. Yeah, and I actually looked. I don't. I never really thought of him as a three-point shooter before, and I don't think he is a three-point shooter. But I've actually, been, I was actually, he was one guy I was, I was really considering around this range. So I was doing a little bit of work on him in the preseason, and he he was at least attempting like three or four threes per game, which was yeah. a little bit encouraging sign. So I think he, I think it's a really nice pick, and um, I can't really say too much more. Next up, pick fifty-two. Whoop. Oh, no, sorry, go. <laughs> we have what is it? What is Josh calling the 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 crucible or something? The wooden crucible? <laughs> oh, these are the weirdest names. Christian Wood to Lockie at fifty-two. Yeah, pretty, pretty nice pick. Um, I I like Wood, but I think he's not the most durable of guys. He's got a skinny frame. Um, mm. I I had him docked a few spots just because of that, but um, yeah, he can put up numbers in a hurry. Yeah, look. Would he's a hard one because like if he was like the last big man available here, I probably would have taken him because I really needed a big. But like you said, his his injury history, he's got those attitude problems. You've heard that a lot throughout you know his time in the league of wanting a bit more responsibility, not being satisfied. You know, apparently teammates don't love him that much. He's got some massive opportunity in Houston this year. Um, but yeah, look, that that, that injury history. Is a little bit rough, but with Lockie, we've seen he's a guy who's willing to take swings. Like we've just seen seen in this draft, Dejounte Murray, Anthony Edwards, you know, followed by Christian Wood. Look at his look at his keepers he brought in. You know, Jar Morant, SGA. Like he's mm. going to take the swings, and you know, if they all pan out, if, if half of them pan out to be you know as good as Lockie thinks, he could be in some serious business this year. So For interesting sure. pick. But one thing with Wood as well, like. Only like he's that's really annoying with a few of these guys because you can only draft four centers in our league. Like as Bryce said, Josh Lloyd will be rolling around in his in his bed thinking about us having only four center limit in the uh, in the league. And and Wood's first listed um, position is a center rather than power forward, which is a little bit annoying. But same with Chris Tatsporzingis, I guess. But yeah, look, higher upside, high risk, high reward, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And just to back off of that. Um... I think, as you, I think you sort of alluded to this. Uh, there is other big guys I would have taken over Wood here before. I probably would have gone Pazingas. I probably would have gone Turner, and then I might have even gone Collins as well. 
yeah, look, I think Collins is probably the more safe pick, would probably have slightly more upside, but I probably would have taken Collins as well just because that three throw percentage compared to Woods. But um, like I said... <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> pick 53, and that was me, and it's... Okay. Yeah, my ready to get hurt again pick. So, Chris Stapps, pick 53. What do you think of that pick? Um, yeah, I love it. I was really, really, really tempted to take him um, where I took Tobias. Um, obviously, he has that top 25 upside. Um, if he can stay healthy, uh, looks pretty good in preseason, moving nicely, getting shots up, blocking shots. Um, yeah, can't really fault it at all. Yeah, look, that's the thing with him. You know, he came into last season, obviously coming off meniscus surgery, and he was pretty disappointing all year, and he still finished as like a top 30 player, 20 points, nine boards, one and a half blocks, you know, two threes a game. And he looks a lot better this preseason. And look, I, like I said, I, my top four preferences in my queue when the draft started for my pick at 39 were, ooh, I just burped, sorry, <laughs> excuse me, um, were Randall, um, Randall, Chris Paul, Middleton, and then KP. And like, I didn't want to pick him at 39 because I thought it would be a reach just considering that injury history. Um, and I wanted to play it a little bit safer. But to get him back at 53, I was, I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, very nice. Uh, next, we had Heist Heist Baby with Kyle Lowry. Um, might be a touch early for me. Um, I know Lowry historically has gone in probably rounds three, four, five. Um, I sort of had him, I was looking at him maybe 60 to 70, 75 range. I mean, my, I wasn't picking until mid-70s, but I was hoping to get him there. Um, yeah, just a little early for me, considering his durability and new um, scenery. Completely echo all of those sentiments. Um, if he had been there at 68, I probably would have taken him, which is where I picked next. Um, but Lowry, Lowry was a guy I really wanted to own last year and ended up picking him in, I think, the 40s, like 48 maybe, 47, 48. Um, because he's always someone whose game I've liked and you know, from a fantasy aspect, I always thought was pretty good. And he was pretty frustrating last year. He has some shit shooting nights. He misses a fair few games. He's a little bit older now. Um, I do think it was a little bit early by Jesse. Once again, I can see what he's trying to do when he went with all those guards uh, with that guard build. Um, but once again, I think it's a little bit of a reach here, but we'll see. Yep. And following on from that, at pick 55, another slight reach, I feel, for, for Brad. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, what do you think about him at 55? Um... Um, yeah, look, uh, this I haven't looked at Brad's team in depth, but uh, yeah, I think that is a bit early for me for DeRozan. Um, I'll be concerned about his usage in Chicago. Um, obviously, they've got Zach Levine, um, Lonzo, and Vooch. Um, he's look, he's a solid player, no doubt, but I think that he won't be as good as last year. And I'm not sure what he returned last year with if he was top 50 at San Antonio, even like doesn't shoot threes. Um, Good assist, but the assists are going to be dropping off here. Yeah, it might be a bit early for me. Yeah, look, is it? I think he's shooting guard, small forward eligible, whereas when he really plays at power forward at the moment, so it's a bit strange. But like with DeRozan, you like he's a really high percentage field goal shooter. He shoots over fifty percent from the field, and I think that might actually go up this year playing with some of these other guys. He's going to get a lot of easy looks, cutting to the basket. 
Um, but like you mentioned, his points are going to go down. I think his rebounds are going to go down playing next to Vooch. Um, I think his assists goes down because he doesn't have the ball in his hands that often. So, look, once again, my next pick was 68, sorry, and that was around the range. I was looking at guys like Lowry, DeRozan. Like, I thought it would be mm. great picks there. But, you know, at 55, to me, that is just a, a tad too high. So, yeah. Yeah, agree. Next, moving forward, John Collins, who, who Brad actually had who picked before him the year before. Um, yeah. I think Brad had a pretty bad year last year, so he was kind of off John Collins. I much would have preferred John Collins where Brad picked, but Dog got him a pick later. So, solid pick there for me. Yep, look, he was top 50 on last year. Um, I think he has upside on that too, um, especially with Capella's injury concerns. Um, obviously, getting developing as a player as well. Don't like him for how rude he was to Embiid in the playoffs, but yeah, good pick. <laughs> Yeah, look, I think that's a big thing you touched on there is the Capella situation because Capella has been a guy who misses games throughout his career. That Achilles thing coming into this season, if he ends up missing like 10, 15, 10, 15, 20 games, Collins is probably going to start at centre where he, you know, he played a couple of years ago before they got Capella on average like 20 and 10. So I think it's a really, really good pick here by Lech Dog. Yep. And then Bryce, his first pick of the draft at this stage. He's obviously traded his, his fourth rounder for Simmons. Um, yeah, wow. So Tyrese Halliburton, what do you think of that? Well, a um, bit of a sexy pick, upside pick, I think. Um, Halliburton in his rookie year was 65th on the year. Um, and that's only in 30 minutes a game. I think that they were probably looking to unleash him a bit more than that this year. Um, so I guess nice upside. Um, you obviously have that Sacramento Kings gonna dock players who play for them just a little bit. Hey, um, watch you your mouth. What the hell? They do. <laughs> never know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, don't mind it by Bryce. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a solid pick. I have no issues with it. Um, probably a l- maybe like no, no, I can't really say it's too high because I probably would have picked him in the next round if he was there for me. Um, but yeah, look, I think an encouraging thing for Bryce is the fact that Halliburton is starting now. Heald's coming off the bench. So, um, yeah. and look, he's, look, the, the thing with Halliburton is when they when he was drafted, everyone knew his upside wasn't as amazing as other people. They knew he was going to be a really, really solid, you know, NBA player. And so I'm interested to see how much better he can actually get from last year to, to this year. Mm. But at the same time, he does everything well. So makes some sense. And... This probably doesn't mean anything, but I was playing with Halliburton in 2K the other day and I hit um, eight threes. So there you go. Good pick. Well, look, with his weird, is his weird, is his shooting style still weird on 2K? Because it was really. Yeah, it's very weird, but it was in my <laughs> team and he had like a 87 three point rating there, like jacked it up or something. And I was cashing those bitches in. Bang. All right. Well, Mitch approves of the pick, it looks like. <laughs> and pick 58, one of uh, mine and your old flames, Mr. Miles Turner. Ooh. Didn't like many of Dan's picks this uh, draft, but I actually don't mind this one here. Yeah, I mean, he was obviously, he single-handedly was winning you blocks last year. Yeah, insane. Um, he fucked me over the year before. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I like this pick for Dan. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid pick. Um, you know, as we all know with Turner, he's not going to get a crazy high rebounds because it's a bonus and he spends a fair bit of time just hanging out in the three-point line. Um, but those blocks, if he averages, you know, if he can get close to 3.5 again, like that's a nice pick there just because of that, that block factor. And he's a decent three, three throw shooter for a big man, you know, hit some threes. Like, yeah, I, I can't fault that pick. And 
Following on from that, we have Steve coming back around. The first time we've talked about Steve in a while since pick 39. So D'Angelo Russell, a bit of a boom or bust selection for me. I don't know a lot of people in the in the Discord slash Zoom were, you know, circle jerking a little bit about uh, D'Angelo, but what do you think about it? Yeah, I was uh, I was surprised to see the love for D'Angelo. Um, I, I know that there was a pod that I was listening to and there was a bit of an ADP battle between D'Angelo and my man Kevin Porter Jr., mm. Um, and I think on the pod they actually said they'd probably go Kevin Porter Jr. And I tend to agree. Um, D'Angelo, I've never really seen the appeal. Um, he's always he's had durability issues ever since he came in the league. I remember you owned him that first year, and I was like, oh, he's a shutdown concern with that knee. Mm. I wasn't. I don't think I was right, but he, <laughs> he tends to have is, uh, injury issues all the time. Um, yeah, and I just as him as a basketball player, like I think he. I just don't know if he's a winning basketball player and, yeah, he doesn't play D, I don't know. But obviously he gives you good assists here. Um, a lot of people were really into this pick. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. You're, you're up, Cal? <laughs> yeah, look, I think, once again, a bit of a high-risk, high-reward pick. You know, D'Angelo, when you put him alongside Steve's team, you know, with those threes, those assists, mm. I think Steve's a Timberwolves fan now with Cat and, uh, yeah. and D'Lo. Um, look, he... he I think his upside, if he plays, you know, 70 games is really, really nice. But I think one thing about D'Angelo is he doesn't even shoot 80% from the line for a guard. Like, everyone mm. thinks, you know, he's a, you know, he's going to hit threes, he's going to hit assists, he's, you know, he puts up those typical guard stats, but he's not a very good three-throw shooter at all. So, um, interesting to see how he fits in with Steve's team in that respect. Um, but, yeah, I think a little bit high here for, for me, um, because, just because of those injury concerns, the three-throws aren't great. And... Like we kind of talked about in a previous pod with the Timberwolves, with, you know, they've got Cat, they've got Edwards, they've got Beasley. Got a lot of guys, a lot of mouths to feed. So probably a little bit high for me. Yeah, I think I think it just comes down to his assist here because the assist was starting to come off the board at this point. Um, and Steve's just locked him up. So, yeah. Yeah, and then at pick 60, we have Marcus Smart uh, going to Jack. Thoughts on that one? Um, I think that was a, a bit early for Smart. Um, classic case of Jack probably reaching for some steals here, I think. Um, what about you? Echo those sentiments completely. Um, I think Jack is one of those guys who has shown that he doesn't really give a fuck about like anyone else's rankings or pre-draft statuses or that kind of thing. He goes after the stats he wants, so... It makes some sense for Jack's team looking at it, but in terms of an overall pick, I thought it was a little bit too early. Maybe, maybe I think, when was his next pick? I'm just looking at it right now. Yeah, well, he had the next. Oh, he's back to back. Back to back. So he probably couldn't have got him if it came back around. So that makes a little bit of sense, but for me, a little bit high. Yeah, agreed. All right. So that's the first two rounds of the draft we've gone through. So the next thing we're going to do is name from those first 25 picks, including uh, Brad's pick at Chris Paul. Our three favourite picks and our three least favourite picks. What do you want to start with? Um, I'll see if I have a soundboard for... We'll go for three first picks, the three good picks first, sorry. Okie doke. <laughs> I should clarify as well, it's the first three picks of the first... Sorry, our favourite three and our least favourite of the first 25 picks. Did I say that before? Yeah, I think so. All right, sorry. I'm, uh, <laughs> no, yeah. The beers are going down well, but um, <laughs> we'll do the we'll do the positive ones first. Do you want to kick us off? All right. Um, could be a bit of a oh, look. I haven't looked at it too much, but just off the top of a glance here, 
Uh, I think I really like. I think I really like your pick, KP. There. Um, at this point, there's not a lot of guys there that have top twenty-five upside, but I think KP is one of those. So I've locked. I'll probably lock him away there. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'll also put Jaron Jackson Jr. in that category. Lock him away there. And and then I really like Chris Paul for Brad, which um, obviously it was the first pick in the draft. Um, I think that's a really strong selection. Look, I can't complain about any of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to echo your sentiments a little bit. I, I didn't want to put myself in there, but I did like my KP pick. Um, <laughs> and I also liked your Jaron Jackson pick. But for me, I will go with, I think my favorite pick was Yusuf Nurkic by Stu. Um, just because as I kind of was considering KP at, you know, 39, Nurkic was someone I'd also probably a little bit further, maybe one or two spots down from there I probably would have taken. Um, but I think he makes a lot of sense at pick 51. I think he's in for a big year. Um, I also think Chris Paul was a really, just a solid pick by Brad. And sometimes I think we can overthink picks a little bit. So for me, I think that was a very nice pick as well. Um, and then for my third one, I will probably go, let me just have a quick browse through again. Um, I think John Collins where Leck Dog got him, just considering all those factors we, we we spoke about before in terms of he's he's got a pretty high floor and his upside could be quite high as well and he's pretty durable as long as he's not taking steroids or whatever the hell he did a couple of years ago and missed 25 games. So for me, just for a bit of variety and not, not choosing KP and Jaron Jackson like you did, <laughs> I will go with those three. Sorry about it. <laughs> hey, look. I can't blame you for being really good looking and always having correct draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I guess that now we have the three picks that we didn't like as much from the first two rounds. Mm. Do you want me to kick these ones off? <laughs> All right. My three least favorite. Yep. I'm going to count them down from three to one. Number three, as we spoke about, Kyle Lowry for Jesse. Just don't see a heap of upside there. I thought it was a bit of a reach. Injury history, preloaded team in Miami, way too early for me. Um, number two, Malcolm Brogdon to Toby. Um, everything we just spoke about before, just, I don't know, a bit of a reach there, I think. And number one, sorry, Dan, but like I said, Kate Cunningham at 63, Evan Mobley at 41. That makes absolutely zero sense to me. Um, like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if like, Look, I wouldn't be surprised if Evan Mobley's on the waivers at some point this year. Like, if, if you, like, I think he's going to be good, but if there's a there's like a thirty percent chance, at least I think that happens. So for sure, it could be another Wiseman situation. You know, these young big men they don't come out um, out of the gates generally ready to go. Yeah, so that's my three. What about you? Um, look, I got two of the same. Um, I think number three for me, I'm going to lean into Marcus Smart for Jack. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we spoke before about reaching. Um, he just grabbed the steals here. Um, and then two, I'm going to have to go with Brogdon. Sorry, Tony, Tony's team, Toby. Um, just the durability issues and then the the wealth of players that were available at this pick. And then obviously number one um, is our boy, Evan Mobley. Sorry, Dan. Uh, all right. So moving forward, the last thing we're going to do is we're going to go through every team and tell us or tell each other, I should say, and tell the league, I guess, on this podcast, our favourite and least favourite pick from that team. So 
I'm not too sure what the order is that comes up on your screen. Is it from left to right? It is me, Toby, then Steve, and then goes down. Is that the same for you? Yeah, yeah, it's the same for me. So we'll start off with you. Do you want to say your your favourites and your least favourites? Where do I start? <laughs> so many fantastic picks. <laughs> um, look, least favourite is tricky. Uh, look, my last pick, I just went with favours. Like, I'm not really too sure what's happening in OKC there, but he, he has a chance to um, probably play 25 minutes a night. Um, but at the end of the pick there, end of the your last pick there, like, I think that doesn't really matter too much. But probably between a tie and that, and the Kyrie pick obviously scares the shit out of me because he may not play one single game for my team, and he could just be clogging up an IR spot the whole time. But at the same time, if, if, he, even, if he comes back, I think that's like some serious winning potential there. Um, my favourite pick for myself, I think there's a lot of, I think getting Mikael Bridges at 72 was really nice actually. Um, I sort of had him projected to go in the 50 range, 50 to 60. Um, not that I would have taken him there and obviously other people didn't either. But um, like he, when he sat out last year, he was like top 25 out the gates and I think that they said that they're looking to play the ball through him a little bit more, get some more scoring through him. Um, yeah, I really like that pick. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think you know, I'll buddy you up a bit by going with your uh, positive one first. I think that you had some really good picks overall, like McCall, McCall Bridges, Mikhail, whatever his name is, at 72, like you just mentioned. I was, it's probably like five or six picks later than what I thought he'd go. Kevin Porter Jr. I thought was a nice pick there. Obviously, everyone's going to froth over Kyrie. Like, we could wake up tomorrow morning and, you know, Kyrie's like, I'm getting the vax, I'm playing. Um and we, and we can be like, fuck, why didn't we not just, like, take him? Um, so, like, I like all of them. I'm going to go, though. I think Mo Bamba at 120, like, considering he's probably – it looks like him and Wendell Carter Jr. are going to start together. And Bamba, if he plays, like, 25 minutes a game with those blocks, threes, you know, boards, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's pretty bloody good value there. So, mm-hmm. I really like that pick for you. Pick I don't like. Um, Devontae Graham at 97, I think, is a little bit too high. I just think he's not not very good. And I think that um, he's going to shoot shit percentage. And I think that he might not even be their starting point guard. So I think that was a little bit too high. But um, yeah, look, who knows? In my defense, uh, I was just badly needing some assists at that point. So um, I just had a stomach to field goal. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um Moving Tony's on, team Toby. Tony's team Toby. Well, I think we've both kind of covered our worst pick, yeah. uh, Malcolm Brogdon. What was your best pick for him? You reckon? Um, I'm probably going to lean. I think there might be a bit of value with, like, probably a tie before between Val at 49, just a very solid pick, and then probably Rosier at 71 as well. Um, mm. Rozier really blew up last year. What did he finish on the year? He was 38th on the year last year. Whew. Yeah. Um, yeah, I th- probably those two. Toby running it back. Um, yeah, look, I think um, I really like Val. Like if you had a, someone had to pick Val at 40, like I wouldn't have had any complaints. So I like that one. In terms of a later pick, I, I'd like Scotty Barnes at 98. You know, look, Pascal Siakam's going to come back. We know that. But like I think... You know, Scotty Barnes, like from what we've seen so far, like I've been really, really impressed. And I think, you know, having a player from your own team is always nice. So nice pick, Toby. And this means nothing at all, but he, he has Scotty Barnes and Harrison Barnes. And I think there's a little bit of something in that. 
Yeah, I don't know what it is yet, but th- there's definitely something there. Like I've got uh, Michael Porter Jr., Kevin Porter Jr., and then last year at one point I had the McDaniels brothers as well. Wow. So there you go. Keeping you in the family. <laughs> All right, moving on to Steve. Um, I'll start us off here. I I didn't really like the D'Angelo pick. Um, I sort of mentioned that already. I picked that I, I do like for him. Um I actually really like Jalen Green at 91. I think that that is definitely a fun pick, but I think he's going to be really exciting. And this might sound crazy, but I was listening to a pod and they were saying that he has a chance at averaging 25 points a game, but I think it's unrealistic. But that just goes to show that, like, some people are pretty high on him. Um, He's going to hurt your field goal and he's going to be a bit up and down, but he's going to get your steals, threes and points. And I think he's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, look, he's definitely a fun pick and it's a lot later than he... Took his fun pick last year, Steve. So I can't I, look. Jalen Green, I, t- twenty-five points a game in the NBA. Like when they've got Christian Wood, when you got KPJ, probably a little bit unrealistic. But if he averages like nineteen, I certainly wouldn't be surprised one bit. I probably expect hmm. him to average eighteen or nineteen. Um, look for me, least favorite pick, probably D'Angelo, like you said. Um, Just that durability, I think. Yeah, durability. Like you know. Are you going to be surprised if he plays 41 games? No. Um, so, yeah, probably my least favorite was that. I did like some of his later picks. I think Sengun at 140 was a bit of a steal. Um, mm. and, I, and I don't mind, as much as he gets talked shit about it, about not having a great fantasy game, I think Barrett at 110 is... Bit of value. Yeah, a bit of a bit of a nice gamble there. Because like you got to remember, he was, what, the number three overall pick? You know, coming into college, he was... You know, before the college season, everyone actually thought he was going to be the number one pick ahead of Zion. So, you know, for that kind of pedigree, a guy coming into his third year who, you know, has gotten better both years and he looks like a guy who works pretty hard. He's going to be locked into that small forward role for Tibbs and play, you know, probably 35 minutes a game knowing knowing the way he runs his rotations. So I think that's a, that's a worthy, worthy pick there. All right. Moving on to Dan. Um, you got Dan. I've got, I've got Lockie. We'll go with, we'll go no, with yours. Sorry. No, 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 sorry, I've skipped a whole line. We're definitely on Lucky. Mm. Um, all right, Lucky. Uh, I'm going to go with his keeper. I didn't like him keeping Jar. I think that you could have gotten a number of a wealth of players there that um, are better fantasy players than Jar. I think Jar is a, an exciting player. He's fun to own, fun to watch. I think that sort of played into it. Um, obviously, there's a lot of upside there, but I, I'm going to say that's my least favorite pick of Lockies. And my favorite pick, um, I think he sort of can directed um, the. Oh, that's tricky. I, I do like Anthony Edwards at 44 for Lockie. I think he'll he'll probably be a top 30 guy next uh, by the end of the season. Um, moving forward, he'll be a keeper for sure. What do you think, Cal? Look, I'm going to have to echo those those sentiments you've just said. I've um, I've had a bit of a look at Lockie's Lockie's team. I actually quite like his draft. I don't think there was any like real terrible picks or bad picks at all. Well, obviously mm. I'm going to pick one, but like you said, I'm just looking at his team. And Dejounte Murray he picked at 43, Anthony Edwards 44, and Christian Wood 52. I'd probably keep all of those people. Oh, like let's say there was a live draft, I'd take all of them over Jar Morant. So. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to agree with your with your assessment of, of Morant being my least favorite, I guess, keeper slash pick on his team. Um, 
picks I liked. I think Mason Pumley at 109 is nice. You know, I was kind of considering him. Um, I th- can't remember what I took around that. I think I had not. I had a bit of a gap between 92 and 116 from memory. Just one of my picks. Now, yes, I did. So I almost took Plumley at 92. So I think him getting him at 109 is is decent. Yep. Um, moving on to Jack, the over 30 squad Lakers. Um, a bit of an interesting one here. My least favorite pick for Jack. I'm going to come out and say Josh Giddy. I think he's gone very early on him. Um, I was probably looking at – it was definitely – I wanted him, um, but I was probably looking maybe 15, 20 spots later. Um, I do worry about his durability. I think standing up to the rigors of an NBA season, like 82 games, he's going to – I think he'll have a hard time with that. Um, and obviously the efficiency is going to be worrying at times. But um, obviously, nice upside pick uh, there. Yeah, look, I think I... Oh, sorry, did you pick your favourite pick? Sorry, let's jump Not in. Not yet. Uh, oh, yeah, favourite pick. Um, I'm going to say Nerland's Noel at 133. I think there's a lot of value there. Um, he had a pretty good season last year, even behind um, Mitchell Robinson. But I think... Look, Mitchell Robinson's not healthy at the moment. Nerland's going to be playing a lot. Um, he was 71 on the year last year, and I think he's probably um, going to be similar. He gives you those really nice steals at the centre position and blocks as well. So I really like that Nerland's pick. Yeah, look, I agree. I think Nerland's at 133 is pretty pretty wild, to be honest. Um, maybe some people got scared off a bit by Mitchell Robinson being back today a little bit earlier than what we probably thought he was going to play again. Um, but yeah, I think 133 for Noel, like he's probably going to get at least 20 minutes a game. That's all he needs to... You know, rack up some blocks, some steals, you know, rebounds, field goal percentage, but especially those defensive stats. So, one thirty-three, really, really nice. Um, I don't mind Robert Williams actually at sixty-one, considering that how often you know he was talked up this off-season. Like, what Josh, where did Josh Lloyd rank mm. him? He was like a top fifteen player or something ridiculous. Um, yeah, so insane. I think him. I think I thought someone would probably jump on him a little bit earlier, so I don't mind that. And like you said, Josh Giddy at eighty-five. That's Bit, bit wild for me, but I guess we always have to take into consideration Jack's kind of, um, he's just going to grab the guys he wants with his build. He's not going to give a shit about, you know, consensus. So, oh. um, but yeah, I definitely think that was, that was the worst. Um, so moving on to me. What do you think of my draft? Yes. Well, um, just have a look at your team here. My favorite pick, definitely Pazingas. Um, I've said top 25 upside, cannot fault that pick at all. Obviously, the only uh, concern is injuries here, but um, look, you just got to roll the dice there, I think. Um, least favourite pick? Um, these ones probably just because, oh, look, I haven't looked into Sadiq Bay too much. Um, I'm not sure what he finished last year, but 116, like, oh, I can't really say it's my least favourite pick. I don't know. Don't be kind. Don't try and butter me up. Just tell me how it is. <laughs> Look, uh, Montrez Harrell, I think I made a remark about not being a points league. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just don't love his game. But, yeah. No, what, fair what enough. You, what do you think of your draft, sir? Um, yeah, I think um, we're, we're totally going to curse him now. He's injured in his first week. But I think KP as well um, is probably my favourite. Like I said, I was considering him as... You know, one of my top four options, you know, at number 39. So to get him at 53, I was happy with. 
Didn't love my next two picks, Robert Covington and Colin Sexton. Um, I think I said in the Discord after everyone had gone that um, Covington, both those picks, like the guys I was I was thinking of went like a pick or two ahead of me and I just kind of got put on the spot. And like I, I think Covington fits my build. I think Sexton's a little bit of a nothing pick. Like he's, he's going to put up points, but he doesn't really give you much else. Um, but who knows? Maybe he takes another leap this year, like some of these young guys tend to do, but not... Sexy in, land. Yeah, sex land. I would have much preferred Garland, but I got Sexton, so I got the oldie mm-hmm. version. But look, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe he's a good pick in the end. Um, I think Cubs fine there. Um, he was 53 on last season mm-hmm. um, and only averaging 8.5 points a game, but obviously his steals and blocks gives you those really nice defensive stats. But um, yeah, kind of echo your thoughts on Sexton. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Not much else to say, really. Um, moving on to Dan. Do we have any lot picks we like? I think we like Miles <laughs> Turner. But <laughs> what do you reckon? Look, well, I think we agree Mobley was way too early, um, especially when Cade could be the better prospect mm. who got 20 picks later. Um, a pick that I did like, um, sort of a sneaky pick here, I kind of liked Chris Duarte at 111. Um, I think he, he'd probably play a lot early. Um, they've got a lot of injuries, Levert, Warren, um, Brogdon, um, yeah, nice upside pick there. I think. What are you? What's your thoughts? Fair enough. Look, I, I'm going to talk about the two rookies again. Evan Mobley at 41, hate it. Cade Cunningham at 63. I, I really like that. Like, if he had got back to me at 68, I definitely would have would have taken him. If Chris Stapps hadn't been there at 53, I might have taken him there. Um, just because of the fact that, like, you know, I don't, how do I say this? So. You listen to a lot of fantasy-related podcasts and you go through numbers, blah, blah, blah. But if you just watch Cade Cunningham play, if anyone watched him play last last season in college, like I, obviously I don't really sit down and watch college games heaps, but watched some highlights, watched his game a bit. And people talking about him like he's you know the, one of the best all-around all um, prospects to come in for a long time. And I, I really like his game. And I think that, you know, at 63, I thought someone might take him at like in the top 40. So um, I can't. Can't really say anything bad about that pick. Yep. Uh, moving on to Jesse Heiss. Um, I think my favourite pick for Jesse, probably Darius Garland at 67. I think a lot of people would have hit the, um, oh, damn, I wanted him mm. um, at that point. Um, nice ups. I think he, is, like Cleveland's pretty high on him um, being the number one guy there. Um, running the running the show, and I really like that pick. Um, pick that I didn't like as much. Probably Draymond at forty five. I think. Yep, fair enough. I think Garland at sixty seven was a really really solid pick. As I mentioned, I got Robert Covington at sixty eight, and was just hoping Garland fell to me. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Garland at sixty seven, real nice. We've just we've talked about Kyle Lowry at fifty four. For me, that was probably the worst one. Um, although I don't, although I actually don't love Jalen Suggs at seventy eight, but I can understand why Jesse took him just because he's probably punting the field goals. Um, Will Barton at one fifty is pretty nice to be honest as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, for sure, Garland at sixty seven, very very nice. All right, Bryce. Haven't spoken about Bryce at much at all tonight. Yeah, I know. He was, uh, only joined the Discord um, for the second half of the draft. The man was locked in. Yep. Um, what do we like here? What, do, what don't we like? What do you reckon? 
Um, I'm liking Nikhil Alexander Walker at 105. Um, I know Dan was cursing that he uh, didn't get him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was one pick later. I think he was hoping he was going to fall into his lap. Um, nice upside. I think the only concern with him is, is, is he going to be getting to the line um, this year? And it looked like in the, some of the preseason games he was. So, um, yeah, I like that pick there. Um, pick I didn't like. It's tough. Um, look, probably oh, Simmons is probably – it's. Look, you can't fold him for keeping him, but it's obviously pretty murky there. Um, and you don't know what the hell is going to happen. Um, I'll just be scared. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It's a, it's a really interesting situation there. Um, I'm, I know we've agreed on a fair few of the last few. Um, I've got two completely different ones to you, which is a breath of fresh air. But one I didn't like, Andrew Wiggins, 81. Um, I think, like... Why? What, what's Andrew Wiggins doing at 81 there? Um, to me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, Wiggins was 88th on the season last year. Was he? Averaging 18.6 points a game, 4.9 rebounds. Um, but yeah, obviously Clay's going to be coming back this year. Um, the usage is probably going to be down a bit. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, look, I think, I think Wiggins in the past has never been a guy we've desired in fantasy. You know, every time you draft him, you kind of, he ends up being like a round or two too early. And, you know, last year with Golden State, they had a lot of injuries. You know, Jordan Poole was still really young. He's going to be better this year. You know, Draymond probably wasn't super locked in because I know they didn't, couldn't win the title. He's probably going to be, you know, if he's better this year, who knows, he's probably going to be a bit more locked in. Um, Clay's coming back, obviously. They've drafted two more young guys. They've added Otto Porter and Menya Bielic. So we're going to take minutes who are kind of a couple of veteran guys they didn't have last year. So for me, I just, I don't really understand Wiggins at, six, at, at sorry, at 81. But I do really like Rashawn Holmes at 64. Um, I mentioned a little bit earlier when I was talking about I really wanted a big man at 53 and I had some of those other guys on the list. I had Rashawn Holmes in that, in that kind of category as well. So... To get him at 64, mm. once again, I was picking at 68. If he had to got back to me, it would have been very hard to say no to that. So 64 for Rashawn Holmes, especially when he was like, what, was he like top 35 or something last year? I don't have the rankings in front of me or anything, but I think that was a really nice pick. For sure. Uh, there's a lot of value in Rashawn Holmes. Although he did <laughs> just get paid, so we'll see. But um, <laughs> He was actually 33, 33rd on the, on the year last year, so it's nice to get value there at 64. Absolutely. I think if if you just had player A and didn't even know their name and you heard they were thirty third last year and you get him at sixty four, you'd be like, just fucking let's let's do it, no matter no matter what build you're going with. So yeah. like that pick there. I think it'd be rude of us not to mention that Bryce also drafted Desmond Bain. <laughs> <laughs> oh such, nice. such a cringe movie moment whenever that comes on, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on, we've got Leg Dog's puppies. Look, just looking at Leg Dog's team here, I really like his draft. Um, the uh, I'm going to say this was a bit of a bold move by him because I I didn't see it coming, but him keeping OG Ananobi, mm-hmm. um, I really like that that move. Um, obviously, his steals um, is keeping his value afloat, but I think if you looked at in the preseason. He was looking a lot better off the dribble, um, more of a scorer, um, and plus Raptors are going to be not that great, so he's going to have his usage is going to be quite high now that Larry's gone. Um, I really like that pick as a keep, as a keeper. Um, pick that I didn't like. Um, I'm probably going to say Fournier at 89. I think that might be a, a bit higher for him. Um, Fournier 
even when he was at Lando and he was, you know, having to be the second guy on the team, um, he wasn't that great. So I think on the Knicks, um, playing alongside Kemba, D Rose, Randall, Barrett, um, I think that might be a bit high for him for mine. What about you, Cal? Agreed. 4889 is definitely the one that stands out to me there as one I don't really like. Um, and like he, just touching on Ananobi quickly, like when he kept him, I was a bit like, ooh. But now, like you look at the rest of his draft with what he's followed up with, with the with you know Drew with those steals, you know, really John, yeah, it makes it makes a lot more sense once you actually see his draft. So, um, but in terms of my favorite pick, I actually really like CJ McCollum at sixty five. Um, I think that you know CJ gets talked down a little bit in terms of fantasy aspect, but the guy was averaging like four threes a game and like 25 points a game before he had like an injury last year. Um, and I think he was probably like definitely on track to make an all-star team. So if he can come back and be healthy this year, you know, look, and that's just me saying, not looking at past numbers, not looking at past, you know, statistical finishes in fantasy or whatever, but just like a gut feel. I think that if he's healthy, um, I like that pick there at 65, like, that's nice for CJ, especially when like you've seen him in some drafts going like top fifty. So I like that pick. No doubt. And he uh, also got. On, we have. Sorry, I was going to say quickly. He also got one of the other darlings of the preseason, Jordan Poole at one hundred and four, which I quite liked as well. Yeah, Poole was a nice pick there. Uh, moving on, we have Brad. <clears throat> um, pick that I didn't like. Um, probably looking at PJ Washington here at ninety. Um, I think he's going to be the backup five in at Charlotte. Um, I think that's a bit high for him. Uh, pick that I did like. I really like Chris Paul at thirty. Um, yeah. What about you, Cal? Yep, agree. Chris Paul at thirty. Like we've talked about, you know, just sometimes we can overthink those early picks, and that's a real solid one. Um, the one I didn't like was Clay Thompson at one hundred and fourteen. Um, you know, he's not gonna. He's going to come back. He's going to be on a minutes limit. You know, Jordan Poole is probably going to carry the load a little bit there and they're going to ease him in a little bit. You know, the fact that Jamal Murray didn't get drafted, and I think they're probably going to come back at, you know, maybe a few weeks apart, um, suggests to me that, like, you know, Clay Thompson with, like, your second last or your last pick, I would have been like, yep, sure, but 114 when there's other guys who, like, you know, can still be serviceable on your team, I think that was a little bit high for him. Um, so, yeah. I just don't didn't, didn't really understand why he did that. Yeah. Uh, lucky last, we have Stu. Um, pick that I didn't like. It's probably going to be a dual tie between Jashon Tate. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on there at pick 100. Um, and then Andre Drummond at 118. I know Jack will be cursing because that's his boy. <laughs> but um, he's not going to play... I mean, when Embiid rests, he's going to be a beast, and that's going to be fun. But um, like he's going to be playing probably, I don't know, be lucky to get 20 minutes a night playing back up. So, um, yeah, that's my picks that I didn't like. Um, pick that I did like, I think yours is probably going to be the same. Um, Nurk at 51, and I also really like Lonzo at 46. I know you didn't like Lonzo as much, but, yeah, Nurk for sure. Yeah, look, definitely – once again, Nurk, really like that at 51. Jay Sean Tate. Um, Stu, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to like get in a confrontation or anything on the uh, on the Discord slash Zoom, but Stu was like, Jay Sean Tate, starting small forward. Um, you know, he averaged like all this, like last year, he's not even got projections on ESPN. 
like Jay Sean Tate's not starting anymore for Houston. I don't even know if he's going to be in the rotation. Um, so he was, he was just looking at the rankings now. He's 116th on the year last year, Jay Sean Tate, mm. um, playing 29 minutes a night. So yeah, just a bit random there. But obviously, we got to factor in that uh, Stu is a Rockets fan, so he might have a bit of a. That's true. Spot. I thought that, you know, knowing he's a Rockets fan, that it might be a little bit of a homer pick and an inside maybe information, who knows kind of thing. But I like, I just, I don't even know if Jay Sean Tate's gonna like play many minutes because he's a bit of an, he's a bit of an older guy now, isn't he? He came to the league a little bit older, didn't he? So, sure. I think the red flags would have been going up when Stu heard Dan saying, "Damn, I wanted Jay Sean Tate." <laughs> <laughs> if he wants Jay Sean Tate. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Have you seen all those <laughs> tweets? That's that's one of those <laughs> ones. So yeah, I think Jay Sean Tate's gonna be on the waivers within like two or three games for Stu. So didn't really like that at all. Yeah. All right. So we kind of come to the end of everything we wanted to do. I'm not too sure how long this has gone for, but it's a little bit of content for one, everyone. One hour, eight minutes. Well, it's our long, longest one yet. Oof, the, 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 I reckon the uh, the general proletariat will be absolutely lapping this up. So, <laughs> and I don't know about you, but. Uh, my girlfriend's definitely been sitting in the bed waiting for me to come back to watch a movie with her, so she's not going to be too happy. So <laughs> boys better appreciate this. Yeah, they better. I think uh, I think mine's fallen asleep, but my loud voice has probably probably kept her up. Maybe so. We'll see how we go. But it's tw- it's twelve oh four a.m. on Sunday. The what's the date? The seventeenth. Um, good morning, everyone, and thanks for joining me, Mitch. Thanks for having me, Cal. No worries. Um, until next time, my friend. Yeah. Look. Good luck for the season. Just not week one. <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> All right, see you, man. See you. Have a good one, bro. You too. Bye.